0: To the simple, to the You're listening to The Simple Truth with Pastor Dion Cordova of Truth Ministries Calvary Chapel.
1: There's an old nature in there. We already know that. But salvation provides a new nature, regeneration. Jesus called it being born again. The Apostle Paul called it, or explained it, as being a new creation. Both Jesus and Paul explained that a new spirit is born inside of us, and it has the nature of God.
0: There can be times in your life when you'll feel hopeless, like things are never going to change. But that's not true if you have a relationship with God. As Pastor Dion reminds us today, God has a future and a hope in mind for you. This includes a new life that begins when you accept His gift of salvation through His death on the cross. Salvation, as Pastor Dion teaches, is not just for your future, but also removes the guilt and shame of your past choices and changes the reality of your present life. Now here's Pastor Dion in the book of Luke, chapter 18, with today's edition of The Simple Truth.
1: Take a long, hard look at the natural evidence that everyone has a nature of sin. No one teaches infants to be stingy, selfish, jealous, demanding, and manipulative. That stuff comes factory-installed. And no one teaches teenagers to be rebellious, disrespectful, sarcastic, and arrogant. That software comes pre-installed. Once they turn 13, our little Charles becomes Chucky. And our dear sweet Anna becomes Annabelle. You know what I'm saying? And I don't know why we act so surprised They didn't turn evil at 13. They were already evil. Or sometimes some of us adults do something stupid, illegal, immoral, and then we say, I don't know what came over me. Nothing. It was in you. Look at your neighbor and say, he's talking about you. So the truth is, we aren't sinners because we sin. We sin because we're sinners. I'm going to say that again. We aren't sinners because we sin. We sin because we're sinners. You guys get it? It's what we do. Dogs bark, stink bugs fart. We sin. And because of our sin nature, we are, everybody say the word, Condemn. Say it out loud. Condemn. Look at your neighbor and say, condemn. Romans chapter 6 verse 23. Read the verse with me. It says, the wages of sin is death. Say it again. The wages of sin is death. And then Ephesians chapter 2 verse 2. You used to live in sin just like the rest of the world obeying the devil the commander of the powers in the unseen world. He is the Spirit at work in the hearts of those who refuse to obey God. Now read this out loud. All of us used to live that way, following the passionate desires and inclinations of our sinful nature. By our very nature, we were deserving of God's judgment. So not even the fact that you committed the sins. The very fact of our own nature. We are worthy of death and of judgment. Because of our sin nature, we're deserving of death and judgment. Hell instead of heaven. Everybody say, ooh. We are doomed from the get-go. Guilty. Everybody shout out loud, what? Guilty. We aren't good and then we break bad. That's not what happens. We were always bad. We were born dead men walking. Look at your neighbor and say, dead men walking. I mean, they should have sent us home from the hospital with an orange jumpsuit. That's how God sees it. To us, they seem so innocent. But the nature of sin, the depravity is already there. And the judgment has already been, the sentence has already been issued, condemned. That's why our Heavenly Father provided a rescue. Everybody said He provided a what? A rescue. We know the verse, John three sixteen and 17. Let's read it. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in Him should not perish, but have... Everlasting life. For God did not send His Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through Him might be, and everybody say it, saved. saved. Woo! That, that was a good place to Applause right there. That's the rescue. Salvation from eternal destruction. Jesus provided a get-out-of-hell-free card. Whoever believes in Jesus should not perish, but have everlasting life in heaven. Everybody say, get out of hell. Or say, goodbye hell, hello heaven. Go ahead and say it. Goodbye hell, hello heaven. He provided that. That's salvation. But wait a minute. Salvation is so much more than just that. Salvation doesn't only affect our future Secure heaven for us. Salvation affects our past. Everybody say, our what? Really? Salvation not only affects our future, but salvation affects our past. Listen, our past doesn't always stay in the past, does it? I mean... Our past tends to follow us around like salsa breath after Taco Tuesday. You know what I'm saying? The air of guilt, regret, shame. It tries to hang around, discouraging you, harassing you, condemning you. Isn't that the truth? But salvation includes forgiveness from The past. I love this. Our rap sheet, the list of crimes and offenses that we had was nailed to the cross, the Bible says. God dealt with our sins. Here's some verses. Colossians chapter 2 verse 13. Read it with me. God forgave all our sins. He canceled the record of the charges against us, the rap sheet, and took it away, everybody, by nailing it to the cross. That's awesome. All right. It gets better. Psalm 103, 12. God, He has removed our sins as far from us as the East is from the West. And Micah 7.19, Lord, You tread our sins beneath Your feet. You throw them into the depths of the ocean. And it goes on, to never be remembered ever again. (laughs) Woo! So listen guys, your sins have been, our sins, uh, salvation deals with our path. Our sins have been dealt with. So now that our sins have been dealt with, we can tell guilt and shame and regret and self-condemnation. It's time to hit the road. Goodbye. Farewell. So long. Go ahead and wave. Oh, go ahead and wave. Come on, let's wave. Vaya con Dios. Good luck. Wish you well. Don't go away slow or I'll have to go get my ammo and bury you with a backhoe, right? (laughs) Hey! Everybody wave! Hey! Guilt! Condemnation! Shame of our past! It's over! You don't have to allow it to consume you, to discourage you. That's great news right there. Salvation. Woo! All right. Okay, so salvation will affect our future. It secures heaven for us. Salvation will affect our past. Forgives it. And salvation will affect our present. It regenerates it. Everybody said it. it. What? It regenerates it. Salvation provides this. Everybody said out loud. What is it? New birth. Say it again. New birth. There's an old nature in there. We already know that. But salvation provides a new nature, regeneration. Jesus called it being born again. The apostle Paul called it or explained it as being a new creation. Both Jesus and Paul explained that a new spirit is born inside of us and it has the nature of God. Whew. All right, so, so listen. This new spirit within us has the nature of God. So what it does is it cries out to God, Abba Father. That new nature wants to get closer to God. It wants to know more about God. That's one of the first evidences that you are truly born again. That you are truly a new creation. That there's truly a new spirit within. Is that you desire to get close to God. You desire to know more about God. That new spirit hungers and thirsts for righteousness. It wants to do right now. And it's sensitive to sin. Sin, Now sin begins to bother it. It feels like the rumble strips on the highway when we sin. It doesn't stop you always from sinning, but you certainly can't sin with impunity. You certainly can't sin with gusto. You know what I'm saying? That new spirit, it it becomes sensitive to sin. And then something else that it does, that new spirit within us, it begins to soften the stingy and the grumpy heart. Look at your neighbor and say, he's probably talking about you right now. Just look at him and tell him. It begins to do that. So if you've ever wanted to know the tell signs of a true believer, those are them. Wants to be closer to God. Wants to know more about God. Hungers and thirsts to do right. Is sensitive to sin. Is bothered by it. Is being softened when they're stingy and they're grumpy. So There it is. Look at your neighbor and give them a high five and say, that's me. Woo! So salvation affects our present. It regenerates a new spirit within us. But salvation also affects our standing with God. Everybody said our what? Our standing with God. You see, the world treats ex-cons with suspicion and prejudice. Hmm. But not God. The world does that, but not God. Say it out loud. But not God. The Bible says that at salvation, we are, here's the big word, $10 word, everybody say it, justified. Justified. What does it mean? Just as if I'd never sinned. Isn't that cool? (laughs) Exonerated, cleared, made righteous. All right? I mean, listen, the world might pull their kids close to them whenever you're around. They might get their valuables and stick them in their pockets. God, He justifies you. He treats you as if you never sinned, exonerated, cleared, and made righteous. Positional righteousness. Not because you've done anything to be righteous, but positional righteousness. Second Corinthians chapter five it's not on the board. Sorry, but uh, listen to it and jot it down. Second Corinthians five twenty one: For God took the sinless Christ and poured into Him our sins. Then, in exchange, He poured Christ's righteousness into us. Wow! So, once saved, God treats us just the same as He does. His Son, Jesus Christ. Woo! That's pretty cool. So, now we know that we all need salvation. We know that salvation affects our future, our past, and our present. So how do we get it? How do we attain this salvation? Well, Jesus used a parable or a story to tell us How we get it. Luke chapter 18, verse 9. Here it is. Also, Jesus spoke this parable to some who trusted in themselves that they were righteous and despised others. Here's the story. Jesus said, Two men went up to the temple to pray. One a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. The Pharisee stood and prayed thus with himself. God I thank you that I'm not like other men, extortioners, unjust, adulterers, or even as this tax collector. I fast twice a week, I give tithes of all that I possess. And the tax collector, standing afar off, would not so much as raise his eyes to heaven, but beat his breast saying, God be merciful to me, a sinner." I tell you, Jesus said, this man, the tax collector, went down to his house justified rather than the other. For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, and he who humbles himself will be exalted. Jesus tells the story. And according to Jesus, some people are full of themselves themselves. Their approach, I mean, some people's approach to salvation involves a resume. I, I, and I, and I. They promote their works, their achievements, their worth, their potential. Listen, Isaiah wrote a short note to the people of his day, telling them what God thought of their resume. Want to hear it? Here's the note. Dearest doers, I hate your stinking works. They make me vomit. It's like scum between my toes. I'm sorry, that's not the letter. It was actually worse. Isaiah chapter 64 verse 6. Here it is. Here's the note. Read it with me. We are all infected and impure with sin. When we display our righteous deeds, they are nothing but filthy rags. Now, here's a shocker. The Hebrew word for filthy rags is used menstrual garments. And some people think I use crude illustrations. Huh? Holy smokes! So our best efforts to secure salvation are disgusting and repulsive to God. Jesus taught in the story, the attitude that catches God's ear is this. Everybody said out loud. Humble repentance. The tax collector acknowledged his sin. I'm rotten, I'm soiled, I'm bankrupt spiritually. He recognized where He was and He acknowledged it. He cried from afar off. He was outside the gate. He was crying this prayer from the court of the Gentiles as compared to right in front of the incense altar within the temple. That was five walls away. And he cried from afar off in that humble repentance. God doesn't care how far you might be. If you cry in humble repentance, he comes to the rescue. He saves, he forgives, and he justifies. Wow. All right, so salvation is one of the things God has hoped and planned for us. The next is transformation. Say it out loud, what? Trans- so God, hey, God has a plan, a future for us, a hope. It includes salvation. Paid big bucks to get it to you. God has done the impossible to get it to us. But then here's the next thing God has and desires and hopes for us is transformation. Say it again, what? See, God not only wants to save us, but to transform us. His plan is that we become like Jesus Christ. Here's the verse, Romans chapter 8, verse 29. Read it with me. For God knew his people in advance, and he chose them to become like his son. Say it again. He chose them to what? To become like his son. God wants to see changes in our attitude, in our behavior, in our thinking, in our habits, in our priorities. God wants to see those changes. And that transformation isn't a period, but a process. I'm going to say it again. That transformation isn't a period, but a what? A process. Don't be like the Amish man during his first ever visit to the hospital. He was sitting with his son in the hospital lobby while his wife was getting registered. And that's when the man saw a strange door in the wall open up. And he saw a short, heavy, elderly lady shuffle in to that door. Then the lights above the door lit up. Two, three, four. And then there was a pause. And then three, two, one, and a tall, shapy 28-year-old walked out. The man looked at his son and said, quick, go call your mom. (laughs) Shame on that old man. Thinking that the elevator was an age eraser. Shame on that old guy. And shame on you if you think that transformation will happen on its own. Presto, changeo. If it will just rub off. If I just get close to people. If I just attend church. Attending church is a great way to learn about God's will for our life and learn the process. But it doesn't happen by just doing that. By standing close to somebody. By attending church, by holding your Bible, by downloading it on your cell phone. Transformation doesn't happen like that. There's a process to transformation. Would you like to know the secret? How to change and become more like Christ? How to be transformed? Would you like to know? I'd love to tell you, but we're out of time.
0: We're so glad that you joined us today for The Simple Truth. Pastor Dion Cordova has been sharing from the book of Luke, one of the narratives of Jesus' life on earth. Luke's perspective emphasizes the human interactions that Jesus had, his time spent caring deeply for people, no matter who they were or what their story was. Jesus cares for you in the same way. He knows what your background is, but that hasn't changed his opinion of you. He just wants to get to know you and show you what unconditional love is. His grace is big enough to cover all of your sins, and he's offering you a new life today. We'd love to tell you more, so please give us a call. We'll share how Jesus can impact your life forever and what steps you can take to begin a relationship with him. Our phone number is 505-753-4363. That's 505-753-4363. We'd like to encourage you to get involved with a local church as well. This will be a place that you can ask questions, learn more about Jesus, and find support as you grow in your faith. Are you in the Española area? If so, we'd love for you to come visit us at Truth Ministries Calvary Chapel. We meet on Sundays and Wednesdays for a time of worship, Bible study, and fellowship. Find out more and get directions to the church by visiting tmcalvary.com. That's tmcalvary.com. Our time with you is coming to an end today, but we want to thank you for tuning in, and we hope you'll join us again for more from Luke right here on The Simple Truth. You're the one that we proclaim. We'll be fools for you as you work in us. May a power show in the deeds we sow. Let us join our hands and together we stand. Together.